And we are live. What's up, guys? Welcome to Fed React Special Edition. You guys are probably wondering, why is Angie at the table? We'll talk about that here in a second. Let's get into it. What's up, guys? Welcome uh, to Fed Reacts, a special edition here, as you guys can see. We got Andrew here at the table. Uh, there's a special reason for that, guys. It's because we got Bills and Mo in the house. <laughs> Mo is uh, up doing his thing right now. He's uh, monitoring a bunch of stuff. As you guys know, we're running this on Rumble and on YouTube. And, uh, yeah, we got the chat showing on the side. We got the top donators. Um, and, um, yeah, so for us to be able to run a production at this level, we need some people behind the scenes that know what they're doing. Um, but don't worry. Um, Andrew would be in the back. And the next one is just that we're kind of having bills here because this is our first test run. We're running, um, you know, Streamlabs and all the more advanced software uh, on an episode of Fed Reacts. Um, today's episode, guys, we're going to be covering the Chicago Rip Crew. Uh, and Rip, is it Ripper Crew? Ripper Crew. Ripper Crew, sorry. The yeah. Chicago Ripper Crew. You guys have been requesting this one for quite a bit. You guys requested this one and the uh, SPM, South, South Park, Park Mexican. Mexican. Um, we were going to do SPM, but then I realized, like, dude, all the videos for this suck. And uh, this <laughs> this case is a lot more interesting, to be honest with y'all. We will do SPM in the future, um, but right now, uh, I think the Chicago Ripper Crew is a lot better. So just a quick little legend for you guys. Some of you guys might be new to Fed Reacts or not seen it like this. So over here, you can see we got a chat that's showing our YouTube chat um, there. Um, if you guys want to donate to the stream, we can't accept Super Chats right now because, you know, we're demonetized, LOL. Um, but if you guys want to support the channel, I would really appreciate it if you went ahead and clicked that Streamlabs link pinned at the top of the chat and pinned at the top of the description. And every time you donate through there, the chat is actually going to show up. Your super chat and your message is going to show up right in the middle of the screen. And a nice little sound effect is going to ding. And um, yeah, we will really appreciate every donation. Also, we're live on Rumble as well, guys. Rumble.com slash Fed Reacts. Um, and then also make sure to check us out on Rumble.com slash Fresh and Fit as well. As you guys know, Fed Reacts yeah. is a, you know, a channel underneath the, the motherboard of Fresh and Fit. But, um, yeah, I think we had a couple of Rumble rants come through, um, and y'all said some crazy stuff. So, and don't worry, we'll get the Rumble chat up there as well. It's just that y'all be wilding out over there, and we're still on YouTube. So, we're going to have to put the Rumble chat up um, once we're uh, on Rumble only. But we do have a documentary to react to. Shout out to Angie. She found this documentary for you guys. Um, that's going to cover the Chicago Ripper crew. But, um, Mo, uh, Bills, y'all want to say anything to the people before we get into this one? This, this is going to be a crazy case, by the way. I hope you guys are ready, because this one is going to be absolutely wild. Yo, what's going on? This is Big Mo. Um, you know, you know, I'm glad to be here. Another time we're back at it again. So uh I hope you guys enjoy the stream, you know. So hey man, let's do it. <laughs> the hell was that, Mo? Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, well, I'll, then then I can also say, well, um you guys can follow me at Big Mo underscore B I T W. That is B I G M O underscore B I T W. Don't forget oh. the memo to believe in Big Mo because that 
to M.O. <laughs> Best Mo, in the might... world, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Mo, you might want to like move the camera a little bit to the uh, left. Huh? Oh, yeah, because the screen is showing on the side. Mm-hmm. She, she, your camera. Uh-huh. Yeah, he, uh-huh. he got it. But what about you, Bills? What's up? Hey, what's going on, y'all? I'm the quality control analyst for the show. I'm That's his real to... title. <laughs> That's my real title. I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> you know, I'm a musician. You guys can follow me on Instagram at jbills, J-B-I-L-Z. And yeah, I'm just blessed to be here. I love the opportunity. And thanks to Fresh and Fifth Fam. And I'm yeah, man, we're happy myself. to have you here, bro. Obviously, run, he's the ones running the ones and twos. Because uh, you guys know this is pretty complicated to run, you know, Streamlabs at a high level with all the stuff going on, the chat and all that other stuff. And, you know, we want it to be real interactive with you guys, which is why we got the chat running on one side. Um, which has normally if we were had it on like Twitch Twitter all that other stuff it would be running But just it's just YouTube in this case um, And if you guys are watching this on YouTube, please do me a favor like the video And if you're watching it on rumble follow the channel on rumble if you're watching it over there um, And like I said before if you guys want to donate to the show go ahead and get a rumble ran in or Which we'll read at the towards the end of the show or if you guys want to just get your chat shown on screen right now Go ahead and click the Streamlabs link and donate to the show We appreciate it because you guys know we're demonetized on YouTube which kind of sucks, but hey the train keeps going bro we're not gonna stop. We're not going anywhere. I'm not fucking leaving! The show goes on! This is my home! So we ain't going nowhere. Uh, okay, so we got a documentary to show you guys. Um, Andrew, you have anything you want to tell the people before we get into this? Any announcements you have before we get into it? Uh, uh, okay, what camera should I look at? Uh, this one. This one, okay. Yes. Uh, hi, people. Today I'll be fresh. <laughs> um... <laughs> Even though I promised myself not to be on this table ever again. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're going to cover uh, Chicago Ripper Crew. What happened with the South Park Mexican case is that the documentaries that we found about that case are really like trash, like are really bad. And nobody covered him like very well. So we're going to have to do like a little bit more of research to cover that case. So yeah, that's that's what's going on right now. Because that's the one that that's the case that won the, the, um, the poll last week. So, yeah, um, today we're going to do Chicago Ripper Crew, who was like the other one that was highly requested. And, yeah, it was, yeah, it was close. Yeah, it was close between the two. You guys wanted the, these were the top two that yeah. you guys pretty much wanted. Sorry, what else were you saying? Yeah, well, that, that'd be it. That <laughs> Don't it? follow me on Instagram or <laughs> Don't follow me. anywhere else. Uh, and just follow Fed Reacts. It's at Fed Reacts. And yeah, I'll be active there every week. I'm trying to learn how to make videos and like clips and reels and stuff. So I'll be posting um, reels every Every day, I'm trying my best to post every day, and yeah, respond to your um, DMs and stuff. So. Cool. All right. Awesome. So uh, let's go ahead and get. Oh, and then we we did an episode. I forgot to mention, uh, guys. We were in Washington D.C. area for a bit. We went ahead and did a podcast with Tim Cast. You oh, know yeah, Tim yeah. Pool, as you guys know. Uh, we went and did two. We did one uh, debate with Jason Howerton on uh, you know dating you know versus being uh, monogamous, uh, <laughs> and then we talked about. Um, and then we went ahead and did an episode on Tempcast IRL. So the it, debate was on the Tim Pool channel, and then the um, the podcast was on Tempcast IRL, uh, where we talked about you know the Trump case a lot. We talked a little bit about intersexual dynamics. It was a good discussion. You know, it's always a good time hanging out uh, up there in Maryland with uh, with Tim. Uh, it's the third time, third time we've been on the podcast, so uh, you know we've been there quite a few times. Uh, out there in the middle of nowhere where he f- films it. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was nice the boonies. Farm. And then also we, um, and then we'll have Tim here in October. He's going to be here in Miami doing an event with PBD. So uh, we'll make sure to, you know, snatch him up and have do a podcast with him. Uh, we'll have our new studio by then, which we're actually going to go to the new studio right after this pod. And, um, you know, 
pretty much get some new equipment, some new stuff for y'all. It's going to be lit, man. You guys yeah. are really going to enjoy the new studio. Um, it's it's going to be good. And I have some plans to design it. You know, it's going to still keep the Miami vibe, the Vice City vibe. You guys know that's that's mm-hmm. what it is. Um, but we yeah. learned how to play poker. He oh yeah, we learned. Yeah, Tim Tim taught me how to play <laughs> poker. So. Yeah. Shout out to him, and I suck. So I will not be gambling, guys. <laughs> yeah, Myra uh, lost twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah, I lost twenty bucks, and I'm just like, yeah, this is terrible. I don't know how people do this. I'm good. <laughs> all right. Uh, so um, that was a friendly little thing. Uh, all right, cool. So we got a. Let's hit the Wikipedia first, um, yeah. gentlemen. Gentlemen. <laughs> and then, are there any chats that we need to read right now, or we can read Mo that are clean? We're, um, not yet. Not yet. Oh, they're all going <laughs> crazy. Okay. All right. So Ripper Crew, the Ripper Crew or the Chicago Rippers was an organized group of serial killers, cannibals, rapists, and necrophiles. Uh, the group composed of Robert uh, Robin Gecht and three associates, Edward, Sprit- Edward Spritzer and three and brothers Andrew and Thomas Cocorellis. Cocorellis. The, they were suspected in the disappearance of 17 women in Illinois in 1981 and 1982, as well as the unrelated fatal shooting of a man in a fa- random drive-by shooting. According to one of the detectives who investigated the case, Geck made Manson look like a Boy Scout, okay? And, uh, hmm. yeah, these guys are serial killers. Not as famous as some other serial killers, but these dudes were going crazy in the early 80s, man. Um, and as you guys know, we've talked about this on this podcast quite a bit, that um, the heyday of serial killers pretty much were from the 19... 19- 60s, you know, up until I would say the early 2000s when before DNA become a, became a big thing. So, um, so yeah, man, uh, these guys obviously operated in that golden era for serial killers. So, um, let's go ahead. We got a re- uh, documentary to play here. Um, the guy that the voiceover guy is freaking awesome. Um, he has a really <laughs> strange, deep, scary voice. Um, I apologize, guys, for the quality. I wish it was a little bit better, but it's good enough, and you guys will be able to see what's going on. So, um, yeah, I guess without further ado, let's play it from the rip. Uh, you have anything, Angie? What, I'm just laughing at the chat. Somebody said, uh, they look like if the Beatles never made it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, guys, again, if you want to donate to the show, uh, do me a favor. Click the link, um, the Streamlabs link on the side and or click the um, – the link at the top of the description, you could donate and it'll be shown right in the middle of the screen and your message will be shown as well. So that's the new super chat feature. Um, and, you know, it supports us more because YouTube used to take a big cut. So now, you know, it yeah. goes directly to the creator, man. So and as you guys um, know, we take that money, invest it right back into the studio, into the team, into the squad and continue to pump out this content for y'all, man. So whether you want to rumble rant or uh, support that way, either or helps. I, I do want to say that um, a lot, a lot of like, People compare this group to the to Charles Manson, and um, we're gonna see why later. But there's a little bit of like cold satanic stuff here, and also the quality is like oh yeah, this. like um, the forty four killer, uh, Sam Son of Sam, Son of Sam, yeah. yeah. But they compare it more to Charles Manson. Oh, well, yeah, I would say these guys are closer to Son of Sam because these guys will do like rituals and stuff. Yeah, I would I would consider them closer to Son of Sam. But hey, you guys will see here and we'll we'll yeah. get to it. Um, and the quality is like this because we couldn't find anything better. Um, this documentary is on Tubi, but uh, it's not available right now. So that's why it's, the quality is like this. Yeah, it's a good documentary. Um, mm-hmm. Cool. Anything else before we get into it? No, that's about it. I already, well, see, well, I already see you, um, Othin, on Streamlabs. Just, he's saying we're behind you all the way. Appreciate that, my friend. How come I didn't pop up? 
Because we were on the screen share. Apparently. We was on the screen share. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Working on that as we speak. Okay, guys, so don't don't worry. We see our chat. So if it comes in and we're, like, screen sharing, it's fine. We'll make sure that it gets shown on on uh, on chat, and we'll bring it up for y'all. Absolutely. We'll read it. So don't worry. Um, All right, let's get into it, man. Chicago's gritty streets lie in sharp contrast to its suburban neighbors. But these places will forever be linked by a series of crimes so shocking, they are considered to be among the most brutal in the history of the Midwest. Some of these crime scenes were really, truly horrific, even for uh, seasoned police officers. They were evil crimes made even more frightening by the range of victims. Every woman in the Chicagoland area was at risk because it wouldn't matter who you were, what you looked like. It wouldn't make any difference what your age was, what your race was. You were all at risk. At 11.20 a.m., law enforcement respond to a call about a bad smell at a motel 25 miles outside the city. The manager thought it probably had been a deer, maybe hit by a truck. There was a highway nearby. Instead, detectives find an unrecognizable body face down in the weeds. Her hands are bound behind her back with inexpensive nickel-plated handcuffs. Peter Siegman, the deputy coroner, and his boss arrive at the site to examine the body. The body was very, very badly decomposed. Um, you, you recognized right away that she'd been there quite some time to be in the condition that she was. Hey, guys, uh, bring it back to us real fast. Sorry about that, guys. I understand that there was a little bit of echo or something like that. Um, so we fixed it. Um, we, we literally just fixed a shout-out to the guys in the back. Again, this is the importance of having a team. Um, they went ahead and lowered the the um, monitoring on our headphones, and they also made sure to get rid of the echo. So the audio should be good now. We're monitoring both the Rumble and the YouTube chat, so go, uh, go ahead and give us ones to make sure everything is good. Um, guys, give us ones if everything is good. Let's go back to the stream and watch both. And uh, let's keep going. And don't worry, chat out. I, I too was monitoring the the video with you guys, so I heard it too. And me and Bills, we already fixed it for you. Yeah, so, they were yeah, they were blaming me the yeah. audio. <laughs> <laughs> they were blaming you. Yeah. Why? Why? Well, why? Because they were saying L and G for the sound because okay. it was too loud. Apparently. Okay. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. We got it good now, though, guys. So let's let's keep let's keep going. And I I know you guys like that narrator. You got that creepy ass voice. That's why I figured y'all would like this. <laughs> So if you got to grow with you, you know, this is the part where you make your move. All right, let's go. What? What? Those be watching the show with their chick all the time, bro. Facts. Chicago's gritty streets lie in sharp contrast to its suburban neighbors. But these places will forever be linked by a series of crimes so shocking, they are considered to be among the most brutal in the history of the Midwest. Some of these crime scenes were really, truly horrific, even for uh, seasoned police officers. They were evil crimes made even more frightening by the range of victims. Every woman in the Chicagoland area was at risk because it wouldn't matter who you were, what you looked like. It wouldn't make any difference what your age was, what your race was. You were all at risk. At 11.20 a.m., Law enforcement respond to a call about a bad smell at a motel 25 miles outside the city. The manager thought it probably had been a deer, 
maybe hit by a truck. There was a highway nearby. Instead, detectives find an unrecognizable body face down in the weeds. Her hands are bound behind her back with inexpensive nickel-plated handcuffs. Peter Siegman, the deputy coroner, and his boss arrive at the site to examine the body. The body was very, very badly decomposed. Um, you, you recognize, right? And guys, the, the smell of a, of a decomposing body, right? Once you smell it one time, you'll never forget it, man. It's, mm -hmm. it's a very unique and distinct smell. It is, it's rancid. It's, you just don't forget it, man. Um, think of like, man, rotten I can't meat. Even, yeah, rotten meat with like rotten milk, rotten eggs, all combined in one. I can't even explain it. And then the fact that it was decomposing with animals on it, it makes it even worse. So, um, yeah, you know, you just you just don't you don't forget it. It's a very distinct smell. Anyone that worked in works in law enforcement or works in anything to do with maybe the coroner's office or anything or you know medical. maybe at a funeral home or anything like mm -hmm. that or in the medical field, you're gonna know that smell and you just can't. Yeah, you smell it one time, you never forget it. Yeah. Let's keep rolling. And then also, do y'all want us to put um, subtitles in the video for y'all? I don't know if they want subtitles. Um, let me know in the chat if you guys want subtitles. If you guys do, we can put them in there. Um, I know some of y'all like them, some of y'all don't. So we'll see what the chat says. Um, but let's keep running it. Right away that she'd been there quite some time to be in the condition that she was. The victim has on a sweater, but no pants. Her underwear is down around her thighs. She has $17 tucked into her sock. Through dental records and fingerprints, the body is identified as 26-year-old Linda Sutton. The autopsy reveals that she was killed more recently than police initially thought. Pause. It turned out... And the reason why, guys, they thought that it was so bad is because um, you got to remember also that it was around May, if I'm not mistaken. So it's already warm at this point, which warm weather, the animals are out, you know, the vermin, the bugs, etc. So it's going to accelerate the decomposition process and make the smell even worse. So even though they thought that she had been dead longer, she actually wasn't dead that long. It was just that the um, warm weather uh, hastened the process of decomposition. Yeah, she was dead only for like three days. I yeah, think three it was. days. Yeah, three days. So that, that so that that tells you what you need to know as far as mm -hmm. the the wildlife being involved. All right, let's keep going. out in the end that she'd been dead for about three days when she was actually found bugs take the easiest entry into a body usually the mouth or other orifices but this case was different it was determined by the pathologist that the path of entry in this particular case was through uh, stab wounds uh, in the body, the upper torso. Her breasts, it turned out, had been removed. We would have no clue what removing a breast would mean. You don't think about people actually intentionally removing someone's breast. Catherine Pause. Ramsland, a professor of forensics. So you already know, you know, the police show up on the scene, bodies decompose, it's the springtime, breast is gone. The bugs have entered in through the open wound. Mm -hmm. um, sorry, guys, I'm being a bit graphic here. But, you know, <laughs> now you know that you're dealing with, with a strange individual here. Um, you know, what the hell? Like, you show up on the crime scene. It's one thing if the person is deceased, but then to see that they cut off the breast is like, breast. okay, this is weird. So, mm -hmm. um, so we're going to start to see a trend here, guys. You're going to see this when we cover these serial killer cases. Um, these guys typically have 
uh, a way and a methodology of how they conduct their criminal activity. So um, just hold on to that thought. We're going to keep going, but you, you guys will see what I'm talk talking about. Um, um, Mo, should, should we hit chats now or or back to it? Back to it. Okay. Uh, I do want to say we'll that the, uh, the reason that the yeah the reason why she ha was missing a, a breast, well that's why she was decomposing that fast because uh, the animals uh, yeah. were like eating eating her inside out and uh, we apologize for the graphic stuff and the larves and stuff because we were also eating when we saw this documentary and I know it's pretty disgusting because I see a lot of people complaining in the chat. Oh, that is yeah yeah well hey guys you guys want you asked for it yeah. so here we are y'all wanted the Chicago yeah. Ripper crew. So, uh, you know, like I said before, this this documentary is a bit graphic. So, you know, you probably might want to um, finish up your meal if you're eating or don't yeah. eat at all. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's get back to it. Psychology is familiar with this kind of body mutilation. There are three reasons why someone might remove a body part. One is it's a paraphilia, which is a deviant sexual practice to somebody gets aroused by unusual objects or activities. The other can be symbolic in that they're removing a body part that's representative of female, for example, in order to then do something with it that will empower them. And the third one would be to as a memento or a souvenir from the murder. Um, can you pause it real quick? Detectives find bodies. That's what they do. Guys, um, this case is predominant because of the paraphilia that the main guy had. And paraphilia, I want to define it for you guys. Paraphilia is the condition characterized by abnormal sexual desires, typically involving extreme or dangerous activities. Um, the difference between paraphilia and a fetish, and I'm explaining this because I remember this came out on an exam for me in the university and I failed. Um, the, uh, for the, psychology? Yeah. This is game? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the difference between this and a fetish is that the person... Can we bring it to the main camera, guys? <clears throat> go ahead. Go ahead. Continue on. Yeah. Um, the, the person, in order to have a paraphilia, has to be extremely aroused. So, you, I mean, you can have a fetish and not be aroused, but to have a paraphilia, you have to be aroused by the activity that you're you're doing it can be feet it can be in this case this guy are cutting like out breast out of people so that's why paraphilia is way stronger and it goes to the abnormal side of uh you know a condition interesting interesting okay yeah um at first is considered like normal per se like it goes like you know in between, but uh, so paraphilia is a fetish is, that is not is abnormal. Yeah, it's abnormal. Okay, so for example, some of you weirdos out there like feet. That'd be considered normal, even though I don't think so. Yeah. But paraphilia would be a sexual fetish that is not normal, which would be maybe um, cutting off a boob or doing something else that is nefarious yeah. or dangerous to an individual. It, it, so. it says in here typically involving extreme or dangerous activities. So it, it, okay. it can be like biting Snuff somebody, film, stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. So that's the difference. Okay, um, let's uh, let's continue on. And guys, we will uh, pause to read super chats and rumble rants here in a bit. We're just gathering them up, all them up, uh, get it, gathering them all up for y'all. So, all right, let's keep going. But to find one in a field, handcuffed, with her breasts removed, and had been left lying there, um, you know, in this vacant field behind a motel, that's very unusual. Given that prostitutes tend to hide money in their socks, DuPage detectives think that Sutton may have been a city working girl. So they give Chicago PD a call. All right, pause. 
Um, if you guys study serial killers at all, you guys already know that unfortunately prostitutes are a very common victim class mm-hmm. for targets. for um for these serial killers. And you know whether uh, unless you're like Ted Bundy and you're crazy and you just want to go after college girls that actually yeah. have families. Uh, or Ed but, Kemper. There are Ed Kemper, right? But a lot of serial killers go after prostitutes. Why? Because they're in a profession that's dangerous. They're dealing with different men every single day. They're in different locations every single day. Um, a lot of the times, they might not have a close family unit or people that are going to go looking for them. If they do end up missing, a lot of the times, the, you know, no one's going to care. Yeah, you know, and very and, easy and if they do find the body. Right, it's going to be very difficult to find a next of kin that will be able to identify them. A lot of the times, they have to identify them off of dental records, assuming the individual even went to the dentist in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys should cover watch our episode on Samuel Little. Samuel Little, I think his kill count was like ninety three or something like that. Most of them, I think, all of them were prostitutes, yeah. and a lot of them were unidentified. Yeah. So, and he was able to do that and be able to prey on these prostitutes for mm-hmm. so long was because a lot of them were minorities, a lot of them were from poor areas, a lot of them didn't have family, and he was able to go ahead and strangle these women, and he strangled them all, by the way. That was the only the only way he killed them. He never killed them, was stabbing them or killing them. He hated blood. Mm-hmm. So the only way he was able to get away recklessly doing that for such a period of time, and he did this for decades, is because he picked on a class of victim that was um <clears throat> that no one really cared about or would or would or would um uh file is missing or would mm-hmm. you know care to go look for so yes yeah also the green river killer and jack the ripper remember they were yeah also all like, prostitutes his targets were also prostitutes all prostitutes you people know what don't, I mean? don't tend to look for them because they don't have usually they don't have any families or people that care and, about and them. not only that the dark side i'll tell you guys as well from the police department side um if a prostitute goes missing the police department is not going to put and exert as much effort to finding mm-hmm. them why because a lot of the times they're in and out of their jurisdiction, mm-hmm. you know. So why are they going to go ahead and spend a bunch of time and money and resources looking for someone that's kind of just passing by mm-hmm. and isn't necessarily a resident of the area? Uh, they might be, you know, in one state another day and another state the next day. They're hitchhiking. They're going from place to place. So they're not necessarily a class of people that even the police want to spend a lot of time looking for and tying up resources. And you guys got to remember, a lot of these police departments, especially in these smaller towns, they don't have money like that. They don't have resources like that. They barely have detectives. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not they're not going to be as sophisticated as a major city. So uh, that's a big reason why these guys were able to um, get away with attacking this gr- group of people. And then also, I want to let you guys know, back in the 70s, 80s, 90s, DNA wasn't a thing. OK, yeah. technology wasn't a thing. Pinging people on their phones wasn't a thing. So it was very difficult to go and find a missing person. And then on top of that, to compound to it. Um, there wasn't a refined central database uh, like the, uh, the NCIC like we have nowadays. Back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, etc., it wasn't until really the 90s and early 2000s, um, law enforcement didn't really get together and create centralized databases until later on. Mm-hmm. It was actually Ted Bundy that was a big impetus for um, law enforcement in different states to get together and figure out, okay, um, we need to actually like work together and have one centralized database because we might have a guy that we're looking for here in Utah, mm-hmm. but then next thing you know, he's killing people in Colorado. And this is what yeah. Ted Bundy was famously doing. He killed women in like seven different states. So um, this was all prior, right? The um, 70s, 80s, et cetera, which is why serial killers went so crazy. Um, this was all prior to refined databases, national databases, um, DNA, law enforcement being more sophisticated, working with each other, each other, technology. None of these things were in play. So, you know, you add all these issues, and then on top of that, the fact that the demographic of person that they're attacking is a class that people don't really care about looking for because of mm-hmm. everything I listed before, them being vagrants, them being state-to-state, moving around. Yeah. You know? It's, it's a waste of resources. It's a, it's, it, unfortunately, they're yeah. looking at it like it's a waste of resources. So that's a big reason why so many of these serial killers were able to kill um, prostitutes and get away with it for so long. But... They fucked up in this case. 
because the heinous way in which they killed this woman, this woman, excuse me, um, and the way that the heinous way they did it, and then you're going to see a pattern coming here. Mm-hmm. Obviously, put the police on their radar. So uh, let's keep going. And we got we got a whole serial killer playlist for you guys, by the way. If you guys are more interested in this type of thing, yeah. yeah. Detectives go. mentioned that they found this young woman uh, with the money in her sock, and the Chicago detective said that does sound like one of ours. And the two men talked for a bit about you know where they had found the body, what condition it was in, was there any other evidence? But there really was nothing at that time to connect this body that had been found out in the suburbs with a potentially a Chicago involvement in the case. Murders involving prostitutes are difficult to solve. Their dangerous lifestyle constantly puts them in harm's way. And when they disappear, few people notice. There was a significant investigation. They tried to determine everything about who this lady was, uh, where she could have been, who she may have met. Uh, you know, that investigation was ongoing, but it didn't turn up any, any solid leads at all. After multiple dead ends, the case goes cold. Shortly after 9 a.m., law enforcement in another Chicago suburb receive a call that 21-year-old Lorraine Borowski, also known as Lori, has been abducted in front of the real estate office where she works. The people got to the office and found it unusual that the door was still locked. Now, you guys are going to see a stark difference in the effort, right, mounted to find this lady versus, you know, the the, uh, the first one, right? And, you know, people can make the argument that it has to do with race. I would argue more it's along the side of class, right? And this is the 80s as well. Mm-hmm. So racism was a bit more pronounced back then than it would be nowadays. But, um, but yeah, now you're, you're dealing with one where a lady of the night versus a young professional who is a real estate uh, agent. So, and, and it's a better neighborhood too, Elmhurst. So let's go ahead and keep going here. Locked because uh, she was so dependable. And then one of the employees there noticed that there were keys and a few cosmetic items uh, lying on the ground in the parking lot outside of the real estate office and shoes. It looked like she was literally taken off the street. It's an aberration. These things just don't happen in Elmhurst. So we started to investigate that immediately. Lori's parents are notified. I couldn't comprehend her missing. I mean, Lori missing? Well, she'd expect us to go look for her. So we went straight to her apartment. And uh, there was nothing out of place. Her, her, everything was neat as a pen. We couldn't figure how she would be gone like that. You know, just all of a sudden she's gone. Lori's family desperately tries to find her. Passing out flyers and talking to everyone. And that's worse, guys, because the fact that they can't, you know, the house is immaculate and no one was there. um, Less clues, right? Um, In a situation like this where you have a missing person, you want as much clues as possible. And, you know, if they went to the house and it was disheveled and it was there was some evidence that someone else might have been there, it would possibly potentially lead to a motive and or help them track down who the kidnapper was. But in this case, they didn't even have that. So she got stolen out in the public, out in the street. So it's like, oh, man, this is going to be a lot harder. So missing cases like this, guys, pre-cell phone era, pre-technology, pre-location data, 
is a nightmare for the police, man, especially a small police department like Elmhurst, right? A suburb outside of Chicago. So, you know, this is a different time, my friends. The police were not as sophisticated as they are nowadays back then, 40 mm-hmm. years ago. It's crazy. And also, and also, crazy to think, 40 years ago. This was 41 years ago, in 1982. But also, you know, you see these guys are very like careless. Like they are not paying. Like they're not taking care of their of their um of their tracks. They're being like very like reckless with the with the killings. It's like they are not really paying attention that mm-hmm. they're being you know tracked or anything. Yep. And they're living apart in every in, in every killing. So yep. Prior to DNA, that you know they, they didn't care. You know mm-hmm. they're out here. Uh, you guys should watch the BTK um, mm-hmm. episode that we did. This dude was out here at the crime scene busting nuts and shit. Like bro, they didn't care. <laughs> Like, I'm serious. Like, he yeah. was out here busting nuts at, at, at crime scenes, thinking, like, oh, no one's going to get me. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's funny because literally, like, uh, like 30 years later, plus 30 years later, um, they, they, they get the DNA, right? Yeah. And, um, and you guys should watch this episode. It's really fascinating how they caught him. What ended up happening was his daughter was in college. They got her DNA because I think she had went to go get like an STI test or something like that at the at the college, mm-hmm. um, University of Kansas. And they had his DNA. They compared his DNA to hers, and they were able to identify. Next thing you know, gotcha, bitch. And it was because of a crime scene from like 1974 where they had his DNA, and at the time they didn't have the capability of testing it, but they tested it and they yeah. were able to link him. The same thing happened with the Golden State Killer. Yeah, the Golden State Killer also. <laughs> Was yeah. busting nuts at crime scenes, and they went ahead and caught him. Late, uh, they caught him in like 2018. They caught it him was, like 50 years later. Yeah, it was. I think it was for her daughter, his daughter. I think it was. Uh, no, it was a D- no DNA me. Oh one, yeah, one yeah, of those yeah, DNA yeah. websites. Yeah, yeah, they 23 me. Yeah, 23 me. Yeah, yeah, they caught up through that, bro. Yeah, yeah, D- yeah. I know it's the option. The chats are like, what's going on, <laughs> bro? Go watch the episodes, man. It's on my Fed React channel on YouTube. Good. Look up. You know, let's pull up. Can we pull up the channel real quick? Screen share real quick. Yeah. Just because so, I want y'all to really watch this stuff, so man. You can see that Some of y'all are some new too. subscribers, and all the ninjas over at Rumble, okay? Which we got, we got about a thousand y'all watching on YouTube, and then like another nine hundred or so y'all watching on Rumble. Shout out to all you guys. We got over two thousand. Don't forget to like the video on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. We're gonna switch over here to Rumble here probably in a little bit, but we're gonna pull up the uh, the channel for y'all real fast. So you guys can see what I'm talking about. Because I know some of you are like, what the hell are you talking about, Myron? Yes, we did full podcast covering this stuff. Um, where we had serial killers literally busting nuts at crime scenes and then getting caught later on, guys. It's hilarious. We did. No, no, no. Back, back, back. Oh, he can't. All right. Well, well, he got it. He got it. You got it? Okay. <laughs> share it now. Share the guys it. are trying to. Share yeah, we got guys. Well, Sorry, guys. A lot of stuff going on. Boom. Here we go. So um, hit the home real quick. So if you guys come down, right? You scroll down. We got 1K y'all watching, by the way. Thank you guys so much. Keep going. Scroll down. We got a different, we got the shorts, and then we got the playlist. We got hip hop and Rico cases, and then we got infamous serial killers, right? And then you see here all the different serial killers, and then uh, we got the Long Island killer, uh, Aileen Warnos, the um, obviously Jack the Ripper, um, mm-hmm. son of Sam, and then hit that arrow on the right hand side, Bills. Which one? Uh, right, 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 right there next to, yeah. yep. Yeah. And then it keeps going. I got uh, BTK, Samuel Little, Toy Box Killer, uh, Daniel Prince, Green River Killer. Uh, Ed Ed Gein, aka you know the um, the ghoul, the guy that's the guy that they based the movie mm-hmm. um, Texas Texas Chains- Chainsaw Massacre Chainsaw, on. Uh-huh. So and then if you hit the infamous serial killer playlist, cl- click it up the top. Yeah, that one. Yep. And then you all can see like scroll down. Look at all the people I covered, man. I literally covered like almost yeah. everybody. The BTK, the the is, is the Zodiac. That's, that one was crazy. That, that one was that one was wild. Favorite. They still haven't caught him to this day, guys. To this day, <laughs> they have not caught the Zodiac killer. They think they know who it is. Um, I think he died in 2018 or 2020, something like that. I forget his name, but uh, but they still haven't 100% identified him. And then they got uh, I got um the railroad killer, 
obviously the Night Stalker, um, Richard Ramirez, uh, Ted Bundy, 30-plus killer kills. I got John Man. Wayne Gacy, the killer clown. Dude, it was wild. He buried all the bodies under his house like a dummy. Stupid. Um, and then we got Jeffrey Dahmer, of course, right? If you guys haven't seen that on Netflix. Uh, we got the Unabomber, Ted Kaczynski, um, the most expensive serial killer case uh, the FBI has ever done. So, yeah, man, bro, we got so much content on this channel, man. Like, yo, this is by far the best true crime channel on YouTube. Okay? We're not out here putting makeup on and talking about Jeffrey Dahmer. We're actually investigating and go, going over all the cases, okay? So go ahead and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Like the video if you haven't already. And uh, show support. Um, but any, anything y'all got? I, Mo, I saw you make a funny face when I talked about this dude getting caught on 23andMe. <laughs> Yeah, um, <laughs> busting nuts—it's a crime scene. Yeah, I, I was because I was watching it too. I was like, I was like, what? Ow! <laughs> oh yeah, and by the way, just want to say uh, to the guys on Rumble, um, you guys, um, if you are subscribed on Rumble, we have extra emotes just oh, for yeah. this channel. Fed reacts, and you, you guys can notice some of the uh, the seals and badges are a little extra Yo, actually, special. Yeah, let me make that announcement. <laughs> Guys, do me a favor. Subscribe to the channel on Rumble. We got a bunch of emotes that Mo made for you guys, and it'll help us out significantly because at the end of the day, guys, Rumble is the last frontier of free speech. You know, these other platforms, not even kick, none of them support free speech like Rumble does, man. So if you guys want to support, please subscribe on Rumble. Just click the live. If you guys are watching the show live right now, just go ahead and click that subscribe button. And uh, it's only five bucks, man. Uh -huh. And and it's lit, bro. And you get the, the emotes and stuff and it'll support. It's five bucks, man. It's a coffee a month, right? Support the Fed Reacts channel. You know, we're making content for y'all over here. We're going hard in the paint. We're researching. We're pulling up documentaries. We're giving commentary. We're making fun of serial killers, busting nuts at crime scenes. So, yo, check it out, man. Okay? <laughs> and, Don't forget and, uh, to like the video. And uh, on, I actually made some special ones myself from, uh. <laughs> from some of the badges and... Uh, Seals from certain countries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got y'all, man. Uh, what are emos? Uh, emotes. It's like the funny, like little emblems that they put next to their, uh, next to their stuff when think they're of, watching. Oh, they, think okay. of emojis, but just from Rumble. Okay, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So. Got it. Uh, nice. All right. Let's keep going with the uh, with the documentary. Doc. And she knows. I don't think I slept after that. I I don't think so because. When your child's missing, you're looking. I would carry a white sheet. <sighs> I was going to cover her. I found her. <sighs> Detective Commander John Milner is a certified investigative hypnotist. He often puts potential witnesses under in hope of extracting details they may have forgotten. He decides to hypnotize several people who were in the area at the time of Lori's disappearance. One recalls seeing an orange or red van at the mall parking lot. Pause. It was a lead, and it was... Um, there's not a lot of times where hypnotism, you know, is used in, you know, investigations, but when it is... It does help sometimes. Uh, there are some instances where it could help, and you guys can see here that one of the witnesses was able to remember a red van. All right, guys? Mm -hmm. Keep that in mind. That's going to be very important later on. You see the difference with this victim with the first one? The, late, the mom uh, is putting all, like, post 
posters everywhere in the city. Uh -huh. And the first victim just got forgotten in like the this next three days, like yeah. the same week. Yep. Nobody asked for it. Nobody knew anything about the case. Like that's the importance of having a family, man. They put pressure on the police too to mm -hmm. keep looking. So yeah, you know that's that's how it goes. Again, that's why um, ladies of the night. A lot of the times, their attackers aren't found. The Long Island killer. If you guys uh, saw, you guys saw that we did an episode oh, on him. Yeah. He almost exclusively killed ladies of the night, and they were mm -hmm. of different races, mostly Caucasian actually. Yeah. But yeah, they didn't put that much pressure to yeah. to, to um on, on it, and they were able to go ahead and he he got evaded capture for like twenty years. Yeah. So they caught him recently. Wait, he was, he was uh, killing ladies of the night? Who? Yeah, ladies of the Misogyny. night. Misogyny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ladies from the street. Yeah. So, hey, man. She belongs to the streets. Yeah. All right, let's keep going. Something that we started to put out to other agencies, uh, any potential abduction attempts with a red or orange van, uh, we did everything we could that didn't lead to anything at that time. Tips come streaming in, but they go nowhere. Elmhurst did a really wide and thorough, in-depth investigation. But finally, the case just began to dry up. The tips began to dry up. Lori simply had vanished. She was gone. Over the next four months, several other women are found dead in Chicago and the surrounding suburbs. In each instance, their valuables are left behind but their bodies are violated in cruel and ritualistic ways. No, can you pause it All right, pause. So we're going to give you guys a little bit of insight as to some of the other victims that were, because yeah. um, this documentary doesn't cover all of them, but we'll, we'll got like one or two that I think were interesting that we kind of want to show you that came from another documentary. Yeah, thank you for reminding me. Yeah, so... Um, uh, can you play the video on YouTube that, that I sent you guys? Yeah. This is so this is victim. one of the victims. Um, this is an Asian lady who was actually uh, fell victim, and she was not a lady of the night. Um, so it guess it kind of goes to show that these um, attackers were um, attackers of opportunity. They're not necessarily mm -hmm. um, looking just for ladies of the night, but rather they were looking for ladies at night. <laughs> yeah. I, I, wonder, I wonder if this case like hit the media back then in the 80s. Because oh, it definitely did. You will late, like you will later on see girls not walking alone at night. It definitely taking did. Taking care of themselves, being alone and stuff. But they went so. missing. So, all right. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and run this clip real quick from the other documentary. Because um, remember, guys, so it said, you know, many women were caught, you know, or, or so, sorry, the bodies were found throughout the Chicago mm -hmm. metropolitan area. So this is one of them that they didn't mention in the last documentary we were in. Let's go ahead and run this clip. Eight-year-old Shui Mack also disappears. She was born and raised in China. She was uh, brought here. She lived with her parents. She worked in a company somewhere in DuPage County where they made Mars lights, you know, for squads, electrical company. She did that eight hours a day and then went to her family's restaurant and worked there. On the night of her disappearance, as she is coming home from work with her brother Kent, a heated argument breaks out between them. Kent orders her out of the car at a stop sign. It's 1.30 in the morning. Pause. That L brother. Stupid. Yeah. But I guess they must have been really pissed off, man. I wonder what they were arguing about that he felt the need to kick his sister out at 1.30 in the morning in the middle of nowhere. You wonder what they were arguing. <laughs> <laughs> no, what a chopsticks! 
I said mental. Masagini. Stupid. Yeah, bro. What the hell, man? Masagini. God damn. All right. Let's keep going. Rolling the clip. Okay. Night. Shwemak will not get home. She walked southbound on Barrington Road from Schomburg Road because it was the only way she knew how to get home. The Cook County Police Department is tasked with the investigation into the young Chinese woman's disappearance. On September 30th, Shui Mac's body is discovered on a construction site in South Barrington, an upscale Chicago suburb in Cook County. She was as close as I am to you to an anthill. And there was nothing left. Pause. No, no body parts. Yeah, um, ants literally tear through human flesh and uh, just eat everything. So uh, that 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 sucks because obviously that's gonna destroy the evidence. Yeah, you know lives, what I mean? so, lives, ants, birds, anything that can be in a wood. Yeah, but the ants definitely got yeah. the, the most of that. So let's keep going, and then you guys are gonna see the condition of her body. Uh, pay attention here. This is pretty. Graphic. This is a dramatization, you guys. Yeah. I don't think this is it. Yeah, this isn't actual. Uh, yeah. Let's keep going. But again, the clothes were on, and this beautiful necklace was on her. The back of her skull was crushed. And she had a tooth crack in front. So it would seem that somebody punched her, and her head went back and shattered. Bits of steel wire are found next to the body. So obviously they literally just like either punched her or hit her with some kind of object, knocked her teeth out, and the back of her head was crushed, guys. You know what I mean? So obviously these are some merciless, sick individuals, man, um, to, to do something like that. Uh, let's keep going. Wire. Detective Troca from the Sheriff's Office of Cook County is charged with identifying the victim. This is a crime scene he will never forget. We processed the scene, and at that moment, uh, I was trying to identify her. The discovery of Schwemack's body convinces the various Chicago area police departments that they're dealing with a serial killer, or worse, with a group of serial killers. Well, as soon as we had two or three victims, we could determine that this was the work of the same person or persons. Pause. Now, once you're able to establish that you got a pattern and you got either one or multiple serial killers, I'll tell you this. That is going to absolutely inspire all the police departments in the local area to work together and figure out who these guys are because nothing hurts, right? A city, a mayor's campaign, um, the local population or spikes fear more than saying, yo, there's a serial killer on the loose, mm -hmm. okay? If you look at someone like the um, the Night Stalker, you know, Richard Ramirez, and or the Golden State Killer, who actually was called the original, fun fact, he was called the original Night Stalker, by the way. He was the Night mm -hmm. Stalker before um, Richard Ramirez. Gun sales went up when all of these guys were running rampant through South California or when these serial killers are around. So um, nothing drives public fear more than the announcement of a serial killer. So at that point, law enforcement has to do something. Yeah. Okay. They absolutely have to do something. So um, media pressure is never fun.
because the mayor's going to tell them, yo, what are you guys doing? They're going he's going to put a bunch of pressure on the on the police chief or the commissioner, depending on how big the department is, and they're all going to work together and figure out who these guys are, yeah. especially when they're killing females in a heinous way that these guys are doing. Right? We're talking about breasts being cut off, wires being found at crime scenes. Yeah, and then multiple people being killed in hate and in violent heinous ma- manners. So yeah, they're going to do their thing. Uh, let's go back to the um, uh, real to quick. Doc. Oh yeah, real some? quick, guys. Um, this body of Chu Mac, the this Chinese lady, she was all decomposed because she was found uh, four months later after the last victim, Lori Virosky. Uh, so that's why she was all like decomposed. Okay, let's keep going. It's really important to keep that in mind. So it took them a while to find her. Yeah. The investigators review the various case files. One testimony stands out. All right, pause. In June of the... All right, now let's go back to the other documentary. I just want to shed some light on that. So that's one of the victims that they're talking about from the main documentary they were talking about that um, showed the people that were dying. So um, actually, you know what? Let's hit some of these chats real fast because I think we're midway. All right. We're going to play the other documentary, the first one? Yeah, we're going to go back to the main one. Um, uh, okay. Paul Castellano, shout out to you, bro. Myron, having built multiple channels with a huge following, do you have any advice to grow on YouTube? Um, yeah, dude. Uh, you just got to make sure that you're unique, interesting, have something, try to do something that's innovative, that's different from what everyone else is doing, and um, be a subject matter expert in what you talk about. That's really important, too. Uh, you got to know what you're talking about. Uh, one thing about us guys, you guys can see here, people might say, oh, you guys are scammers, blah, blah, blah. But the reality is we do our show live and you guys ask questions real time and we an- answer the questions. And if we don't know something, we bring on experts that are. We're, we don't know everything, but mm-hmm. um, we know quite a bit. So, you know, we're, we have it live and you really can't lie when you're live. So, you yeah. know, for all the people that say that we're scammers and BSers, I mean, okay, whatever. But that's what it is, man. Be unique. Be a subject matter expert on what you talk about. Have a niche, and you'll be straight. And be entertaining as well. That's very important as well. Uh, Nathan goes, Mostein, what percentage interest rate did you give the Ripper crew? 60% interest rate. (laughs) Appreciate that, bro. Uh, King Cole DTX. Can you do Chris Benoit? That is on the list. Yeah, it's on the list. You guys got to keep asking for it. Uh, What else do we got here? We got... Uh, Vilexia VR I saw Sounds of Freedom Because of you Thank you so much You mean a lot to me Pause Angie Love your shirt And courage sticker OG shows <laughs> Yeah I donated uh, I donated what I don't even remember It was a couple hundred bucks like, Oh three, you guys noticed Three or five hundred dollars um, Yeah guys Go see the Sound of Freedom guys If you guys I literally uh, donated A bunch of money on there Go watch that Sound of Freedom episode I, do, I bought a bunch of tickets And you guys can go ahead And redeem it And go watch it Hopefully there's still Some money in there yeah, um, I thought I think it's an important movie. Go check it out. <laughs> Random guy sixty four goes. We can actually see fresh now. <laughs> Appreciate that, bro. Uh, King Yui goes. W Frangie. Okay. Oh. <laughs> uh, Random guy sixty four goes. Angie's English is better than fresh. Here's more money to get fresh new speech therapist. <laughs> Thanks, Random guy sixty four. <laughs> Reckless Josh goes. Hey, do you mind giving an update on your YouTube animation channel? We will. Animation channel. Um, we we will. We it's a it's a future um, Money Monday episode. Oh, I'm doing a... Go ahead, go ahead, Mo. What, what were you going to say? Go ahead. Um, David Omari. That's what we're talking about. Oh, automation. Yeah. Okay, I thought he meant... Okay, automation. I thought he meant animation. Okay, yeah, automation. Yeah, yeah, we're going to bring him back. Don't worry. Uh, <gasps> I'm going to hell, but that first victim looked like oh one half of apple and peach. Lord, forgive me. Oh, my, <laughs> oh my God. God. That's you guys so are messed mean. up. Uh, Valexia goes, I subscribed before, but somehow it went away, but subbed again. Also, a London podcast. She's been in front... The front line supporting you guys, making the hater reaction. YouTubers look like fools. Many love y'all. Also, a London podcast. She's been in front line. Uh, I have no idea. 
Okay. Uh, I don't know who he's talking about. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, guys, we'll bring David tomorrow back. But like, I got that on. I got that held right now because, as you guys know, we're demonetized. So like, I got that whole held thing. So I don't have a. Uh, we we can't make other channels and stuff like that right now. So. Uh, but don't worry, we'll bring him back once once we're monetized again. When we're good with YouTube, then we can we can definitely talk about that. Um, Mizzle for life. You have to watch the Stephen Avery case on Netflix. Michael Blackson spoke on it. He's in jail today for a crime he did not commit. Okay, uh, that's I think that's the making a murderer stuff. Yeah. Uh, what uh, else do we got here? Anything else? Yeah, uh, they're not they're not um, friendly for. Oh, uh, the rest of the Rumble chats aren't, aren't friendly. Yeah. Okay, and then let's go ahead and hit the Streamlabs chats. Uh, that's also not. That's not friendly either? Yeah. Man, y'all walling out, man. <laughs> man. Okay. And then we got the leaderboards here. Axiom, 10 bucks. Oh, we can see who subscribes. Uh, Othon, 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, TDAT, 5 bucks. Shireus, $1. And then Rico, $3. Thank you guys so much. Those are the, the top people. And then uh, we got the little feed on the side that's showing people subscribing. So yeah, guys, well, subscribe to the channel. This is well, awesome. I'll, on YouTube. I'll, I'll, say, I'll say a cleaner version of it. Um, shout out to Axiom donating $10. You know, he said, uh, forget the other side. Um, riding jackals and vultures, preying on FNF downfall, and uh, I'll explain later on. Uh, the, now the... we'll read the full thing on Rumble. Yeah. Don't worry, yeah. we'll, we yeah. get to Rumble. We'll read it. We'll we'll, we'll be unedited. Uh, so don't worry, guys. Um, let's let's finish the documentary at least on YouTube, and then we'll give our you know reactions and everything else like that. Here, uh, let's keep going. These were horrendous crime scenes. The women were hacked with axes. Several of them were beaten, their faces were beaten desperately, terribly. But in every case, every single one of them, their breasts had been slashed. And this was no sort of surgical type procedure. And in most of the cases, it was not post-mortem. The women were still alive. If you see a lot of brutality that's anti-mortem, they want that person to suffer. They want to humiliate that victim before they actually kill them. So that's an added component to the fantasy. They want that person to understand psychologically that they're going to get battered and bludgeoned and hurt. There's going to be a lot of pain before they're murdered. This is a person who's usually angry, probably has been humiliated somewhere along their life. The women are found Pause. in the city's alleys. And the other thing too, I want you guys to understand with the serial killers that like um, that do this. A lot of them get, you know, sexual satisfaction from like, you know, especially like with the stranglers, like a Ted Bundy, the Samuel Little, um, John Wayne Gacy. A lot of these guys. Hey, shout out to you, Mario uh, Cavazos, donated ten bucks. Any advice on how I can stand out as a red pill? Oh, okay, creator, a red pill creator. Uh, be unique, my friend. A lot, a lot of people are just copying the same thing and trying to do what we do, and that's not what you want to do. You want to kind of make your own lane and be unique for something. Um, Benny, a shout out to you though for the donation. So anyway, yeah, like I was saying with these serial killers, a lot of the times what they do is they want to be able to feel like God. Okay, they want to be able to strangle the person right right before they die. They kind of stop loosen it up, uh, loosen it up a bit, and then the person comes back to life. Ted Bunny was famous for doing this with his victim. A couple of women actually survived his attacks and uh, were able to uh, remember this about him. Is that he would strangle them, and then as they were you know dying. He would let them let go and then, like, continue that process. And, like, he enjoyed seeing the terror and playing God. John Wayne Gacy did this. Jeffrey Dahmer did this. A lot of uh, Samuel Little did this. Uh, A lot of these serial killers like to strangle their victims and do it that way so that they can feel as if uh, they're God and they get a lot of sexual satisfaction from it. It's a very sick thing. But um, but they they enjoy it. Right. And these guys, in this case, like cutting off the breasts. You know, every guy has their own thing. But uh, yeah. 
Wait, uh, you have something, got, Angie? Yeah, that's got a, a name. I remember I studied that too. It's called La Petite Mort. So it's an expression that means the brief loss or awakening of consciousness. That 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 what Martin is describing. That's that's the name of it. It's basically like getting somebody unconscious. Okay, sorry. <laughs> it's getting somebody unconscious for like a brief period of time. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a form of torture, though. Yes, 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 and and they get a lot of satisfaction from it, the weirdos. So yeah. Um, yeah. So that that's that's a big thing about these serial killers, man. A lot of times they are they commit these crimes and they get satis sexual satisfaction from it. So um, cool. Let's uh, we'll get back to the documentary, guys. Um, and thank you guys so much for uh, donating to the show. We really appreciate it. And we're gonna don't worry, we're gonna read the rumble rants and everything else like that. Uh, the the crazy ones that came through. <laughs> the bridges, and in the forest preserves that dot the outskirts of the city. But with robbery clearly not the goal, the motive remains a mystery. Where all these various cases were happening, there was as yet no provable, followable connection between these various suburban crimes and the actual city of Chicago. After five months, Lori Borowski's disappearance is still unsolved. It's months out and we have this person who's gone and uh, we're not getting anywhere. Her family holds on to hope. I thought she was alive. Somewhere. I thought somebody just took her. Close to a year and a half after Linda Sutton's mutilated body was found in a patch of weeds in Villa Park, investigators in DuPage County receive a call from Chicago PD. Could this be the break investigators have been waiting for? Or are the murders and mutilations in Chicago and its suburbs about to get even worse? It has been 16 months since Linda Sutton's body was found in Villa Park. Police have no leads until now. A Chicago prostitute is left for dead in an alley. Her vicious wounds are similar to those of Sutton's. She was in really very serious condition, uh, critical condition, when the police went to talk to her. She was not able to speak. Somehow, she musters the strength to communicate with police. Pause. Using signals and a piece of... All right, so this is huge, right? You have an eyewitness that survived an attack, guys. You're going to do everything in your power to try to get that witness to recollect their memory so you can identify a suspect. Because at this point, keep in mind, guys, they have a string of murders, right? Remember, they said that there were 17 murders from 1981 to 1982. That means that there were, you know, bodies racking up, mm -hmm. and they don't necessarily have someone alive that can describe these individuals. They don't know who, who they are whatsoever. So this is huge. Right, you have a, a witness that's actually alive. Yes, they're in critical condition, but you need to go ahead and figure out who these individuals are ASAP. Yes, I'm? wait. Yes. Yeah. So there is a victim that they didn't mention in this documentary, but they did. I think they did mention on the other one. Um, after the Chinese girl got uh, unalived, um, there was another girl named Angel Angel Jork that they kidnapped in their van. Oh, you know what? It's another documentary. We could play it right now. 
Yeah. Yeah, we could, you know what? Switch the other doc real quick. It was literally about to play right when we stopped it. She was also alive. Yeah. We can we can run it real alive. fast. Let's run it run it for you guys. So there's two witnesses, right? This one though is the more important one, but there was yeah. another witness as well. And I, yeah. I we're I know we're ping ponging between the two here for y'all, but uh that way you guys kinda get more insight as to yep. what's really going on here. And by the way, yo, I, I noticed that there's 1,000 of you guys watching us on uh, YouTube right now. Do me a quick favor, man. Please like the video. Let's get to 1,000 likes so we can have 100% engagement on YouTube. As you guys know, we're demonetized. So we're doing this for free for y'all on YouTube pretty much at this point. So the only thing I ask is um, like the video, subscribe to the channel on YouTube so that the channel can grow and people can find it. So um, the minute that you want to go to, it's the 14. 14 oh, uh, 03. Oh, he, he could just play from where it was at right before. Oh, you want to play yeah, from it was there? Already, yeah, it was already ready to go. Because I remember that this was the woman that they're referring to. Right here, yep. Preceding year, Holly Clemens, a.k.a. Angel York, yeah. a yep, prostitute from the red light district, had told about boarding a van driven by a prospective John. He picked her up when she was running away from the police uh, when they were sweeping the area for prosecutes, got in his van and um, then found herself in much more trouble than she was trying to escape. He forces her aboard his van and orders her to take off her clothes. He wound up uh, having her cut a hole in the side of her breast, which he then enlarged with his finger and the knife because it wasn't large enough to encompass his penis. And he had sex with the breast. Pause. Yes, you guys heard that right. This sick bastard cut the boob off and had sexual intercourse with the hole. That's <laughs> oh my God. Is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That, what? Yeah, bro. I know. I can't. Yeah, bro. The individuals like this should be like put to like literally be tortured, man. Like yeah. this is unacceptable. Like what yep. the hell, bro? Ugh. Incredible, man. No, no. But um, okay. anyway, let's keep going. It's giving me pain. Yeah, Listen, ridiculous. I, I prefer to, to have the... I, never <laughs> After this interminable aggression, he leaves her in an alleyway near Grand Avenue. Fortunately, he let her out. He put some duct tape over her breast, let her out of the van. She is discovered five minutes later and driven to the hospital where her condition is stabilized. All right, bam. So another survivor, pause. On August All right, let's go back to the other doc. So these so, dudes uh, um, definitely are stupid and let two women survive. And said it's sad. Two different women yeah. survive. Uh, so this, she, she was found alive, but she didn't... Um, the description of their attackers didn't didn't produce any leads. So all oh, hers, right? Yeah, hers. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the other victim. Yeah, it's the other victim that mm -hmm. actually made a description. But um, okay, so we know that there's two victims that survived these attacks. Yeah. Um, we got it. All right, boom. Paper. She is able to give a detailed description of the man who attacked her. She explains that he handcuffed her and forced her to swallow some pills. And then her nightmare really began. He took what she described as a length of piano wire and wrapped it around one of her breasts and just kept pulling it, tightening the wire uh, until finally she passed out. And then the next thing she knew, uh, she woke up in the hospital. So Forcing now, a now we know how he would get, you know, get the breasts off. He would use a mm -hmm. piano wire, obviously, you may, for some of you guys that might not know what a piano wire is, it's a very sharp. If if you know if you know if it's 
you know, if you know what you're doing. It's uh, it's a very sharp wire, and if you make it taut and you literally go like this, it it could do some damage. It could do yeah. some serious damage. Um, so I mean, I guess the piano wire was his. Is it modus, modus weapon of choice? Yeah, but he did use an axe with another victim. Yeah, they would use yeah they would up. use axes and stuff like that. But piano wire seemed to be his favorite thing to use yeah. uh, for cutting off breasts. So, but that's a big tip though that she was able to you know re, uh, you know. And here's the thing: she was drugged, guys. This is another thing that these guys used to do. He used to give a bunch of pills to all these women that they would kidnap and do this to. So luckily for her, she was able to um, recollect all this stuff. Yeah. So. Shout out to her, W Memory. Pia piano wires are extremely sharp and extremely durable. Ah, uh, yes. They like so it's like even just a slight slash of a piano wire can make a giant cut and, and it can cut extremely deep. Mm. So yeah. it's it's a very super efficient um tool to use to cut anything. Bam. How do you know right. I'm a I'm, I'm a musician. musician. Yeah. I play oh, piano okay. too. Oh, you can play piano? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's great. All right. All right, let's keep going. <laughs> Shout out to all you ninjas, man, in the chat. Him to take drugs is one way to keep them from screaming, uh, also to keep them pliant and, and easy to control. So you can keep them stationary and perform something like using a piano wire to slice off a breast. He probably tried different things and looked at different possible weapons before he settled on the wire. And the wire, of course, if you hold it taut, is going to slice through all kinds of things. And it's going to be a weapon that isn't going to be obvious should somebody come into his home to do a search. Who's going to think a piano wire is what was used? She also provides detailed. And it's easy to hide easy to hide as well. Guys, do me a quick favor. We got, again, a thousand of you guys watching on YouTube. I want to hit 1,000 likes on YouTube if you guys don't mind so that we can go ahead and make sure that we hit, um, you know, high. The um, algo. Yeah, hit the algo, man, and hit high um, engagement. These guys know, man. We, we got demonetized on YouTube, which kind of sucks. You must have needed gloves. The only we, thing you could do is like the video. We got 1,200 on Rumble, too. 1,200 on Rumble? Yeah. yeah. He, mu he must have needed gloves if, he, if he's using piano wires. Cause yeah, it would not, cut his hand, too, right? Yeah. Probably? It would cut yeah. him. He could cut himself if he's not that careful. Yeah. Okay. Probably did have gloves on. Yeah. Uh, you're going to see. Yeah, you know he probably did because the, the line of work that he was in, you're going to see here in a little bit. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's keep going. Shots all you ninjas information about the vehicle he was driving she described it as a red van older a red van was also seen at the site of Lori borowski's disappearance and there were several very Pause. distinguishing features you guys remember they did that you know uh forensic hypnotism and they were able to go ahead and get a witness to say oh no i saw a red van on that day so bam now we got another link okay let's keep running it between the front driver's seats and the rear of the van was a plywood partition. She also described a roach clip hanging from the front mirror in the van that had two long feathers hanging from and it. That, one that, was blue and right one way? was white. That's a key um, clue right there, that feathery thing that they have uh, hanging where the rear mirror will be. Uh, because yes. that's, that, will, that was the tip that gave the detectives, you know, this is the van. All right, let's keep going. Very important detail. Immediately, police put out an all-points bulletin on the van. Could it shed light on the whereabouts of Lori Borowski? They don't have to wait long to find out. Five days later, her body is discovered in a suburban cemetery. 
It is one of the hundreds of locations her family had searched in previous months. I was 10 feet from her body and didn't know it. I, I didn't know it. When her body had been found, we learned that her breast was missing or mutilated. At that point, uh, the connection was made that uh, she was part of this uh, group of victims that were being mutilated in the Chicagoland area. Another missing breast. With this perpetrator, there just didn't seem to be a clear type that he liked. So you could be a prostitute, a working woman, just a, a girl out to the movies, day or night, in the city, in the suburbs. You were a victim of opportunity. So these girls would have had no chance with him moving in. If he spotted you, it was over. Ten days later, a break. Back in Chicago, two detectives spot a bright red van with tinted windows driving down a city street. Oh, here we go. Gotcha, bitch. It was an older red van with a plywood partition between the front and the back and with a roach clip with a long blue feather and a long white feather hanging from the rearview mirror. And of course, just the first thought, I mean, that never happens. This doesn't happen. It's too good. It doesn't happen, but it happened. Officers stopped the van. The driver, 21-year-old Edward Spritzer, is visibly nervous. When he's questioned, he tells police that the van isn't his. It belongs to his boss, Robin Gett, a local carpenter and electrician. Could Gett be the monster they've been searching for? When Robin came outside, they saw he was exactly the description that they had been given. The van fit the description perfectly, and Robin Gecht fit the description perfectly. They bring him in. Under questioning, he is even tempered and calm, claiming he has no knowledge of the attack on the surviving prostitute the two cap. weeks prior, and that he was home that night with his wife. Stop the cap. Police want to put him in a lineup, but the surviving victim is still in critical condition. So they bring Gecht to her. She picks him out without hesitating. Well, she immediately gotcha, pointed to Gecht and, and was just <sighs> collapsed. She absolutely collapsed. <laughs> she was just so uh, frightened, so terrified of him. That's crazy. Gecht is booked on several charges, Pause. including aggravated battery and deep. That, that strange stash, you know what I'm saying? I'll tell you this, though. The 80s were different. Bringing in a lineup right to uh, right to the, the victim? God damn, bro. Yeah. These guys don't care. <laughs> Yo, the 80s were different, man. All right, let's keep yeah. going. Could you imagine if you try to do that now? Bring a bring a your your um your um witness is recovering in a hospital. You just bring all like a bunch of dudes, including the the person that probably did it, into the hospital room. Okay, which one was it? Oh God, like bro, yeah. what the hell? Like bro. stupid. Holy, uh, well they didn't give a shit. <laughs> like hey, Hooker, tell us who it was. But he posts bond and promptly disappears. Days later, another oh, prostitute comes forward and says Gett attacked her, too. They don't do that these days? Nah, bro. Word? Hell nah. There'd be, there'd be so many issues with that. Word. Police procedure and just like putting, feeling like they got put in danger. Yeah, you would never. 
Bro, police practices have changed a lot over the past uh, few decades. But yeah, the 80s, they didn't care. Oh, okay. They're probably punching suspects. Hey, top, give me what I need to know. Bang, just Damn, hand stuff. <laughs> no cameras in the rooms. Yeah, bro, they don't give a shit. I know you're the murderer. Ah, just Damn. hand shit. Yeah, man, they're probably slapping <laughs> shit out that dude. <laughs> and especially them small-ass PDs. They're like, bang, just hitting them, bro. They don't care. You know what I mean? I'm trying to remember who it was. Um, There was a big case that actually got broke because um, cause the detective beat the shit out the guy, man. I'm trying to remember... Which case it was. We broke it down on Fed Reacts 2. Oh, it was the Night Stalker. Night Stalker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So check this out, right? Because he had committed a he had committed a murder in San Francisco, right? He killed this Chinese family, right? So he kills this Chinese family, and you got this detective that was super, you know, emotionally invested in the case. He wanted to catch this guy, right? And he found out that um, Night Stalker's friend lived in San Fran, and he knew who the guy was. He knew his name. So... He puts him in the back of the squad car and he's talking to him like, hey, we know who it is. You know, what's the guy's name? What's the guy's name? We know that you're friends with him, blah, blah, blah. Right? And the guy's like, fuck you. I'm not saying nothing. It's like, what'd you say? He's yeah. just like, bong, just hits him right in the nose. And, 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 and the guy's like, he's like, fuck you. I'm not saying nothing. And the guy just starts, the detective just starts wailing on him, like just beating a shot of him. And he's like, okay, okay, I'll tell you what you need to do. Richard, Richard Ramirez, Richard Ramirez, stop. And then and then they identified him and they and they got him. What? Yeah, yeah, bro. That and but but case. but stuff like that doesn't fly today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like, bro, you do that now, like you you gonna have the FBI on you and shit. Like, they're, yeah, they're they're gonna hit you with a civil oh. rights violation and all that shit, bro. Oh. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna yeah, it's not it's not gonna be. Everything is recorded in squad cars now. But this was the '80s, bro. I was about to ask if you if you did that in some of your cases. Yeah, bro. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, man. Like it was like a Mexican dude. They, they, he he punched him right in the nose, man. <laughs> Because he was pissed because, yo, this dude, Night Stalker, had, like, all of California shook because he was going crazy in Southern California. And then he decided to, like, just randomly go up to San Francisco and commit, like, a, a terrible murder. He, like, had eaten all their food and he put, like, drew, like, pentagrams in the, in the house. The crime scene was crazy. Yeah. And then he, like, had, um, he, like, ejaculated on the carpet. Oh, yeah, bro. Ow. Yeah, so the detective that showed up was pissed because it was, like, just like a like an Asian family. You know what I mean? Like, just got massacred. Like, blood everywhere, pentagrams everywhere, jizz on the floor. He's like, what the fuck is this? So when he got the lead and found out who the guy's friend was, and he was like a Mexican guy because Rich Ramirez was Mexican too. He was like, who is it? And he was like, oh, fuck you. He's talking shit. Bong, just hit him right in the nose, bro. And, he's, and, and the guy was like handcuffed in the back of the car, so he just like kept hitting him. What? Who is it? Who is it? Tell me who is it. You know, he, Bong, just hit him, kept hitting him. So, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and uh, he, that's how they found out who Richard Ramirez was. It was San Francisco PD that actually identified him. Mm. No lie, donated $1. Can you do a Turpin family case? It's pretty interesting, and I live 25 minutes from there. Shout out. Shout out to you. Turpin family? I don't know about that one. But Angie's going to write it for y'all. Riverside? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, bro. They they don't. <laughs> Police back then they didn't care, bro. That's very Venezuelan. But Wait. you know what, I, bro? You know what, man? I ain't, very man, I ain't even met. Dude was drawing pentagrams and devil messages, taunting the police and jizzing on the floor. I'd be pissed too, man. I'd be pissed too. Maybe that guy does deserve to get punched in the face. Like, tell me who it is. Oh God! Bong. You know what I mean? They, that's the way they do it in Venezuela. <laughs> that's how they do it in Venezuela. Yeah, they put you in a, a plastic bag and they choke you in. Oh goddamn! <laughs> oh goddamn! Venezuela yeah. different too. Yeah. Holy fatality! Bomba clot. Don't speak. Oh man! Oh no, we, it, we got the Venezuelan police department emotes. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. 
<laughs> oh shit! Uh, Can we show a little bit of that on Rumble or not? Uh, they go crazy. They go too crazy. They, they could just just it's know we safe? got the. <laughs> it's not safe. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's finish this documentary and switch it over to Rumble. All right. As Chicago PD issues a warrant for his arrest, they consider the idea he may have had an accomplice. They decide to have another look at his employee, Edward Spritzer. They were pretty sure that whatever Robin was involved in, somehow Eddie was involved in it too. He was just too um, frightened, almost beyond fear, jumpy, nervous as a rabbit. There was something wrong. He was in police parlance, he was dirty and they knew it. Law enforcement conduct a series of intense interviews with Spritzer. Gradually, they break him down. What he reveals is darker and more sinister than anyone could have imagined. All right, shit's about to get real here. Um, um, they break him down. They probably slapped him around too. I, I kind of want to mention something that they don't mention in either of the of the documentaries in here. Wikipedia. It's uh, there, there was a, like a male victim that this crew had uh, on October 6th, right after the the lady that was found um, uh, at the bank. There, there was a lady found at the at a river bank. Um, on October 6th, 1982, uh, the gun shot a 28-year-old Rafael Tirado, a, a local drug dealer, and his friend, 18-year-old Alberto Rosario, at a phone booth in a random drive-by shooting. So according to Spritzer, which is the, the youngest guy, I think it is. The he, guy that was actually driving the vehicle. Yeah, he was driving the, the vehicle. Um, he was driving with Getch, which is the, the leader of the band, and uh, the older man told him to to slow down. So Getz told him to slow down. And then he took two guns from the back of the car and he told Spritzer to stop the car and then open fire to, to the two guys that were standing at the open boot. And and they hit, and they hit both of them. But Rosario, the youngest guy, he survived the injuries. The other guy died. So he was the only um, male victim of the gun. Bam. Oh, yeah, that was the drive-by shooting one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's keep going. All right, we're about to get into some demon time here in a little bit, guys. <laughs> Five women across Chicago and the surrounding suburbs have turned up dead and mutilated. Police finally have a suspect, Robin Gecht, a 28-year-old married father. They believe Gecht had an accomplice, so they pick up his employee, Eddie Spritzer, for questioning. When they started questioning Eddie Pause. Spritzer, he immediately opened. And just so you guys know, uh, Gecht, Eddie Gecht, the main guy, he's married with kids, but he would abuse his wife sexually. Like, he'd put pins in her breasts and stuff like that. So uh, this yeah, dude had an infatuation with boobs. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, what was that, Mo? He pins on her breasts, like nipple piercings or something? Yeah, no, like he would no. put pins in her needles. in her boobs, like needles. needles. He will, like, when oh, they would bang. And he will ask her to, to cut her nipples and stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I know. Yeah. Yeah, dude, a weirdo, bro. Yeah. I mean, I like breasts crazy too, but... Crazy pedophilia. Yeah. Those, those are crazy he's, in, he's into some... Hey, bro, I told y'all. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, oh, like, I don't know what else to say. I just got to hit the laugh, you know? <laughs> as soon as I'm some Shao Khan type stuff. Could you imagine? 
He had to battle with his wife. Hey, get over here! <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, bro, you can't. There's not really much to say. Like, what the fuck is going? On? He got <laughs> like, his, He got his hands like, you know. Mm. He put on some crazy ass rock music. Like, yeah, he just, yeah. He's just like, mm. you know what I'm saying? Come here, girl. You know what time it is? Get over here, baby. Baby, come here and let me, let me let me get the pins real quick. Yeah, you know <laughs> that was easy. Yeah, so it's like no, no. please stop. He's just like it doesn't matter. You know what's going on? Don't worry, what's going on? All right, let's uh let's keep going. Yeah, the floodgates opened. Uh, he began talking about cases. So we start snitching. giving details. Spritzer makes a shocking revelation to police. Pause. As part of a bizarre ritual, he... And remember, guys, Spritzer is the one that they originally found in the car. Okay? He's snitching on his boss, Eddie Gank, who owns the business yeah. and owns the vehicle. Let's keep going. Who likes to put needles in his wife's boobs. Ian Gecht picked up the women, stabbed them, and then Gecht removed their breasts. Bumble As God. Eddie described it, Robin ripped that wound open himself. Robin then had sex with the wound on the woman's chest. I mean, how do you even process that? So the idea of removing the breast or wounding the breast or cutting an opening where the breast was so that he can have sexual contact, that's the paraphilia for Robin Gecht because he has said in letters to people that he comes from a long line of males who all had breast fetishes. He's developed through what we call orgasmic conditioning, that is, in eroticizing an object or an activity to the point where it, that's where he gets most of his sexual satisfaction. The breasts are used in special ceremonies. They would go right, up into pause. Robin Gecht's little attic. So this is Robin Gecht's attic. Uh, what, uh, attic. Um, viewer discretion is advised, which you guys are about to hear here. Um... Don't forget to like the video, subscribe to the channel because uh, you guys are some sick bastards for requesting this video. <laughs> for requesting this case, god damn it. I was watching a documentary earlier like, what the hell is wrong with y'all, man? Yeah. Like, bro, uh, like, yeah. Yeah, that, it was them that asked for this. Yeah. You guys asked for it and you guys are receiving, okay? You asked for it, you sick bastards. Okay? I was watching this documentary like, what the hell is wrong with y'all, man? Like, that's what I was thinking the whole time watching this. I was like, what the, what, what the hell? And he was watching the ATM too. Like, why are people asking for this? Yo, y'all be asking some weird stuff, man. Bro, like, I, I be thinking some y'all be out here cum boobs. Oh, with, my God. With, with piano strings. Yeah, with piano strings. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, bro. God damn, man. It's over 9,000! I'm watching this documentary earlier today, like, Mama Mia! Like, what the hell? <laughs> trying to figure out what I'm doing. I'm like, yo. Forget about but it! But I can't forget about it! All right, let's keep going. Man, Myron covered, covered the Chicago Ripper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously, bro. That's some wild shit, man. <laughs> look, 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 they had to clean it up. They probably had all the crazy stuff in it, you know what I mean? Like the house. Oh, my God. All right. And they would kneel around the table, and Robin would chant whatever chant he wanted to sort of ritualize the scene, to give it a semi-religious significance. They would then masturbate into this breast and then cut it into pieces and eat it. What the fuck? What? Solas. What? Oh my god. Pause. What? What's up with these dudes busting nuts 
all over the place on boobs they cut off and then eat it. Uh, like That don't even make sense. Bro. I mean, at, uh, least, at least he likes white meat. Still, you know, uh, I like the lie. This is one that the Fed does not want to react. This is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are some fucking yeah. assholes for picking this case, bro. Yeah. Real talk, man. Y'all are some assholes. I was watching this earlier like, what the hell is going on with you sick bastards? Because you guys asked for this. All right? It's very serious. Yeah. They cut the boobs off, right? Bring it back to their, their place. Do some satanic ritual. <laughs> like on some Mortal Kombat shit. Grab the boob. Get over here! Bust a nut on it. All of them would do it. And then they eat it after. Oh. I mean, the breast is the best part of the chicken. No, they will cut into pieces. <laughs> Hey man, FBI about busting this shit right now. They gonna need seven pairs of handcuffs for Mo. Stop it. Get some help. Yeah, Mo, get some help. Marvin's free. Yo, what the hell, man? Jeez. Okay, so this guy's will come. Oh, hell no! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Uh, Welcome to this episode of Fed Reaction. Yeah. One of the most disturbing episodes. Unprofessional. Yeah, it's all good, man. <laughs> Just do Mo in the back, like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because I'm a breast guy too. <laughs> Uh, no. Comfortable. Oh, Lee. This is very comfortable. Oh. Um, Mo just like. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Let's. Uh, okay. Are, we, are the lights still on? <laughs> I think so. All right. We didn't get canceled yet. Oh. I thought. I thought it would have been uh, surely a wrap for oh. us at that point. We're already on YouTube death row. That might have set us over the edge. So these guys who um, cut the breast. Cut it into pieces and eat it as a r satanic ritual. Yes, after rubbing one out. That's why people, that's why the detective was saying, like, these guys will make Charles Manson look like a baby. Yeah, facts. <laughs> facts. All right, let's keep going. You guys requested this case, you sick bastards. Spritzer confesses to the murder of seven women, including Lori Borowski. He also adds another player to the mix. A man called Andy. Basically, we were looking for a guy, uh, some nutcase evil guy that was doing this, and it turned out it wasn't one, maybe it was two, and then it was two, and then it was three. Officers pick up 19-year-old Andy Cocorales, who implicates himself in 18... All right, Ninzas, let's throw this address in. 2163 North McVicker Avenue, Chicago, Illinois. That was the address where they used to do these rituals. Um, that was... Robin Geck's address, 2163 North McVicker, M-C-V-I-C-K-E-R, Avenue, Chicago, Illinois. 2163 North Mick, M-C-V-I-C-K-E-R, McVicker Avenue. And that's in Chicago, Illinois. But let's keep running with the documentary, and when you're ready to pull it up on Google Maps, let me know, Bills. I know you got a million things going on back there. Teen murders, including those of Linda Sutton and Lori Borowski. 
he too tells detectives that he, Spritzer and Gecht, had intercourse with their stab wounds. It's a paraphilia for him. It has nothing to do with anything satanic or empowering. And he would make the others do it because for him, the act is one thing, but watching others do it is even greater because not only does he get to watch that, which is part of his fantasy life, but he gets to feel powerful over the other guy. Yeah, so he was able to, you know, get these guys under his uh, under his wing to do, you know, participate in a sick bidding. Let's go ahead and pull up this guy's address. This right here is where the dude lived. Um, we're going to screen share with y'all here in a second. Here it is, 2163 McVicker Avenue, Chicago, Illinois. Can we hit a street view on this bad boy? Scroll down uh, to the left, to the left. To the left right scroll here. down, yep, scroll down a bit. And then, yep, just click that right there. The, right. Where the, yep, mm-hmm. click that. Right there. There we go. Bam. Okay, I think that is it to the left, if I'm not mistaken. Is that it right there? That's right here. Yeah, it hit hit the mouse and hit the hit the mouse roll uh, and scroll towards it. Scroll towards it? Yeah, like, yeah, there we go. Oh, no, 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 back to the other way. Yeah, there we go. Now just zoom in. Zoom in more. 2162? Okay. No, that's 67, I think. That's 67? Okay, so it's got to be maybe that one to the right. This one, it? Zoom in on that one. Twenty one what? Fifty seven. What's this one? Maybe turn around. Oh hold on. What the heck? Go left. I'm not going left. <laughs> Here you gotta hold it and then zoom it the other way. Yep. Hold on, let me see. it's not going left. What the heck? No, no, you gotta you gotta like hold it and then yeah, there you go. Oh, and then rotate. Right. There you go. There yeah. There you go. Bam. All right. All right. Maybe it's all right, so that one's twenty one. Did they did it get knocked down? It probably got knocked down. Yeah, it pro- that was that probably one. it right there, that uh-huh. lot. Mm-hmm. That probably was it. And then they knocked that shit down because uh, it was on some demon time. They're like, bro, like, no, we go, man. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, because that's twenty one fifty seven, and then yeah. click and then go to the next one. No, no, no. That that's gonna go down. Yeah, that's yeah. Gonna go down. <laughs> to the left. To the left. That one right there, and it goes right. That this one is twenty one sixty. What? No, no. The the this one right here. Yeah, that one right there. Yep. That one right there is what? Oh. Oh well, my God. That tree. Move tree. it to the right a little bit. Mm. There you go. Zoom in. There you go. One more time. One second, one Zoom second. in. Zoom in into that one, yeah. Yeah. 2167. Yeah, so they knocked it down. It was uh, it was right there where, where those trees are probably is where it used to be. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, they probably knocked it down. Uh, that, that's actually pretty common, I've noticed, with, like, serial killer houses. They knocked down BTK's house, too. Um, yeah. They knocked down where Jeffrey Dahmer lived. So mm-hmm. I'm not surprised. Yeah. But, uh, okay. Let's keep going. Do they think is that area is cursed or something? Probably, and they, they were doing rituals and stuff. So they said, you know what, man, because it's gonna be hard to sell yeah, and it stuff. It must be hell for real estate, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey Dahmer's childhood home, though, sold for a good amount of money. I think it's Airbnb out right now, and watch. I think, yeah. And, yeah, his childhood home. But let's keep going with the doc. Police discover that Gecht had a strong interest in Satanism and secret rituals. A former neighbor tells police that Gecht enjoyed reading books on torture practices of ancient cultures and that he was fascinated by how some ancients cut off the breasts of women and saved them for tobacco pouches. A girlfriend of Gecht's comes forward and states that he was always demanding that she cut off her own nipple and if she didn't do it... You can see the house and... um... In the minute 34, 14 in the YouTube video on the other documentary, they chose the house pretty well. In a minute and four? The minute 34. 34? 34, okay. 14. Yeah. I'll hold that up. 
You mean a minute or an hour? Thirty-four, fourteen. Minute thirty-four, fourteen seconds. Minute 34. Okay. Not a minute. Minute thirty-four. Yeah, minute thirty. Oh, minute thirty-four. Okay, thirty. Okay, cool. Because I was gonna yeah. say that's early yeah, on. I don't think they show the house that early. Yeah, we can no. put it up right now so you can see what the house used to look like before they knocked that shit down yeah. because it was on some evil time. So it's Grand Avenue, McVicker. Yeah, McVicker, yep. McVicker. 34 and what seconds? 14 seconds. 14. All right, we'll show you all the house, man, even though they knocked it down today, but it, we'll show you what it was like back in Gex home at 21. Do you mind what? There yeah. it is. 63 okay. Yeah, North they definitely McVicker. knocked that bad boy down. <laughs> yeah, they, you, yeah they, you... they were like, yeah, we get rid of this nigga, yeah. man. Show it from so there. Funny. Show it from there. I, because he'll make you do things. He has magical power, so just never look him in the eye. When police get to Robin Geck's home at 2163 North McVicker Avenue to confirm Thomas Corcoralis' story, they find this infamous secret room set up in the attic. In the attic of his house, the police find a temple that is adorned with decorations and symbols that qualify as satanic. Investigators also find a number of books on satanism, empty trophy boxes, as well as a shotgun. Ballistic experts confirm it's been shot recently. The Chicago Rippers case occurred at the very start of what sociologists will later call the satanic panic. All right, pause. People were over. So y'all could see, obviously, that these guys were on some real demon time here. The how the attic was all messed up. So uh, that might have been a reason why they said, you know, what, we're going to knock this down because we can't even sell this. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to the original doc and finish it up. I also saw another uh, symbols. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Someone else would. What's your relationship? It's not just a breast fetish. It's a criminal, violent breast fetish where he wants that person to feel pain. To find out more about Andy Cocorales, investigators from DuPage decide to interview his brother, Thomas. He quickly implicates himself, describing how he, his brother, and Eddie Spritzer raped, tortured, and murdered Lori Borowski. You stupid. They dragged her into the hotel room, and at that point, they threw her on the bed, they gagged her, they, they tied her down, oh, and wow. then uh, the two of the guys started beating her. People, people in the chat are saying that the house is still there. It's behind the trees. They haven't knocked it down. Oh, it's behind the trees? Yeah, that's what people are saying in the, in the in Oh, wow. Chat. So why does Google Chat not show it then? Or Google, 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 Maps. Google Maps doesn't show it. It says you can see it there on Google Maps. It's behind the trees. Oh. Are we just blind? <laughs> we'll pull it back up. I want to look at it. Uh, That's what the, the guys are let's saying. Let's pull it back up if we can, Bills, when you get a chance. Yeah. Maybe we missed it. I didn't yeah. see it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see it either. Yeah, I didn't, maybe. Okay. Chat, chat might be right about this, man. Hey, it's an interactive show, Ninja, so, you know what I'm saying? That's the greatness of having you y'all on here, right? Yeah, being Learning live. it together. Let's see here. <laughs> We're doing it live. So, um, you got it, Bills? Hold on one second. Yep, coming over Okay. Here. All right, let's see. Let's see what y'all talking about one here. Second, one second. It's kind of weird that the trees will cover them all. Okay, so let's move it. I guess to the right is probably the best way, yeah. so we can see around them trees. Oh, oh, it might be. In oh, the we're back. blind. Yeah. Wow. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> you know what? We'll give ourselves a stupid button. <laughs> stupid. That's all. We didn't even see that, bro. Yo, what the hell, bro? 
Okay. Damn. Like, you can't even, bruh. Yeah, that's it right there. Uh, bro, that looks like, that, man, that house looks like shit, though. God damn. damn. <laughs> they got a dish in the back and stuff. No, go back to that joint, man. God <laughs> damn. What is that? Yo, what the hell? You know what? Let, let's have fun with this. Yo, go redfin.com. Let's see what this house is worth, man. Is that Redfin? Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, redfin.com. Type in that address. Yeah, like, put, put in that address right, real quick. Right right there on the... um. Like, let's see what this piece of crap is worth, man. And, and Lakers for life, uh, I got your case and I read it down, okay? All right. It's off market, duh. Okay, so it's worth about 277000 That POS is worth almost 300 k <laughs> Bruh. Okay. Boom, Three bed, one bath. Three bedroom, one bath. Well, we know it got an attic. Right. We know that for a fact. <laughs> it last sold, oh, hold on, it last sold um, November 15, 2000 for 158 k I was 10 years old. Oh, wow. It was built in 1914. It's uh, it's worth 277K. And so someone bought that joint after what's-his-name uh, went to prison. Gecko? Gek? Yeah, Gek. Wow. He could get <laughs> Bro, and it's all the way tucked in the back. You can't even see, man. Yeah, it's all covered. Look, you, like, like, look, look. Even on the, on the, on the <laughs> listing, you don't even see the house, bro. That's insane. What the hell? Okay. All right, fair enough, man. So now we know what that piece of crap is worth, and someone lives in it. It's been bought since 2000 for 158000 mm. Well, actually, you know what? Scroll down a bit. Scroll down. Maybe, maybe we can have some fun with this. Scroll down some more. Uh, more. Does it go any further? Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Let's keep, keep going. Okay, property. Okay, bam. Okay, let's see here. Uh, can number, you zoom in a little bit? Yeah, can you hit Control Plus a few times, Bills? All right, cool. Now scroll down a bit. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. So, oh, January 17, 1995, it was sold for $15,000. Wow. Bruh, bomb that was probably right after. The, um, wait, wait, wait. I want to know how that, much this is now. Yeah. So, it was sold in January 1995 for $15,000. And then it was purchased five years later for 158 k So, whoever bought, you know what probably happened? It probably went for sale right after what's-his-name got arrested. Um, um, and then and then it got sold right after. So right wow. now, fifty thousand dollars from nineteen ninety five. Right now, it's about thirty thousand dollars. So okay. double. So about double. That makes mm -hmm. sense. So fifteen k in today's dollars is about thirty thousand dollars today. Damn, bro, that's crazy though. So he bought it for in nineteen ninety five. This is probably right after this dude got sentenced and everything else. Yeah. They probably had to probably yeah. got foreclosed by the bank. Got sold, fifteen k. And then someone bought it five years later for 158000 And then that person's been at that house since the year 2000 for 23 years. Oh, well, the only one that's dead right now is the Andrew Cocorellis. Because remember, the, the, the main guy, the leader, he wasn't the killer. He uh, was yeah. just... Uh, yeah, he didn't admit to any deaths. Mm -hmm. he, I, think, I don't think he confessed to anything. Yeah. So, okay, interesting, interesting. All right, let's keep going. Let's go back to the, to the documentary. Man, that piece of crap house. Well, whoever... <laughs> Whoever yeah. sold it made a killing on a demon time, I guess. Yep. <laughs> hey, this house is haunted. It's okay. I'll sell it to you for 158 k Okay, I'll buy it. <laughs> there definitely was a lot of killings that was made. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah. Dude's out here eating yeah. breasts in that attic. 18 victims since I was in here. Yeah. Damn. Let's keep going. And then they uh, started to have sex with her. At that point, they took out a three to four foot wire, 
and they placed it around her left breast. He was very specific to say left breast, and they began to pull and squeeze the wire, and they kept it in place until the breast was removed. And at that point, uh, they then had sex with the location on her body where the breast was. They took an axe uh, to uh, that uh, area after they had sex with it and uh, started chopping it. Sick then he dumped her body in the cemetery. Tommy corroborates previous statements about the ceremonies. He explains that removing the breasts was Robin's idea and that Gecht has special powers. He had the charisma and the power to take these young men where he wanted them to go. They were absolutely terrified of Robin Gecht. Salos, Solas, Igos, Marbas. The satanic stuff didn't register with me. It's just like, what? I mean, tell me about this. Explain this to me. How did this happen? I think the satanic element is just plain bizarre. Um, when you find out how they were actually killed, it would take pretty much any normal human being and just stun them almost beyond belief. The group is dubbed the Chicago Ripper Crew by the media. Tommy Kokorales pled guilty to Lorraine Borowski's murder. He will be eligible for parole in 2017. Andy Kokorales was charged with multiple murders, including Lori Borowski. He was executed in 1999. Good riddance, motherfucker. Eddie Spritzer pled guilty to four murders and one attempted murder. He was sentenced to death for killing Linda Sutton. Robin Gacht was never charged with murder, only attempted murder. He is eligible for parole in 2042 at the age of 89. He maintains his innocence to this day. You know, I and my, my entire police career have never heard of such, uh, such a crime and, and cruelty to a human being that anyone could inflict. Uh, it was just, it was just, I, I, I can't describe it to you. It was... No one really knows how many women the Chicago Ripper crew killed for their special ceremonies. There could be fields out there somewhere with some woman's body in it that we will never know about. There simply was no way to, there was not even any way for them to remember all of the women that they had killed. So it, it absolutely is my belief that there are more victims out there. Brutality. All right, crazy um, stuff. Um, in late November, so you can um, play the uh, interview. Yeah, so uh, we could play a little bit of the interview. So guys, we're gonna do a quick little transition over now. So guys, do me a favor. Um, we're gonna end the YouTube stream there. Um, we're gonna read some chats that aren't safe for YouTube, and we're gonna um give some commentary and everything else like that and close out over on rumble so guys do me a quick favor come on over to rumble right now but before you do please like the video on youtube subscribe to the channel guys um like i said before i wanted to keep as much of it on youtube as possible but obviously we're gonna have some crazy stuff that people have and want to say that we can't necessarily put on youtube so we're gonna end the youtube stream here come on over to rumble rumble.com slash fresh fit guys because we're gonna end the youtube stream here um you got it um yeah i got it. bills let me know when we're rumble only Come on over, guys. Like the video on YouTube. And then come on over to Rumble. Rumble.com slash FreshFit. Drop the link in the chat for the people, by the way, Mo. We're going to drop the link in the chat for y'all right now. It's time to Rumble, guys. You know what time it is, a.k.a.